The less your business spends, the more margin you keep. But today, everything costs more. So smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one proven platform, helping you reduce IT costs, maintenance costs, and manual errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Now through April 15th, NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind flexible financing program. Head to netsuite.com slash earnings right now. netsuite.com slash earnings. As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do, that's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Live from the Bloomberg Interactive Broker Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Friday, March 17th. Coming up today... 11 banks give a lifeline to First Republic. We're live with the latest. UBS and Credit Suisse oppose a forced combination. Clients pull $8 billion out of Charles Schwab. And NBA legend Michael Jordan eyes selling his stake in the Charlotte Hornets. Chinese President Xi Jinping will visit Russia next week. Plus, New York Governor Hochul addresses mental health issues facing young people. I'm John Tucker. More ahead. I'm John Stanshower in sports. A win for the Rangers. Losses for the Devils and Nets. Two big upsets to start the NCAA tournament. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak, the business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We end this tumultuous week the way it began, focusing on the banking industry. After two days of frantic phone calls, meetings, and some arm twisting, CEOs of 11 banks agreed to chip in a total of $30 billion to shore up First Republic. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen, one of the architects of the deal, tells the U.S. Senate the banking sector is secure. I can reassure the members of the committee that our banking system is sound and that Americans can feel confident that their deposits will be there when they need them. This week's actions demonstrate our resolute commitment to ensure that our financial system remains strong and that depositors' savings remain safe. Treasury Secretary Yellen proposed the idea of a group bank effort on Tuesday. In a call with Fed Chair Jay Powell, it was a volatile day for First Republic shares. They plunged 35 percent but closed up 10 percent. Right now, shares are down about 5 percent in early trading. Well, Amy, you can count Bill Ackman among those not happy about the lifeline to First Republic. In a tweet, the Pershing Square founder said, quote, spreading the risk of financial contagion to achieve a false sense of confidence in First Republic is bad policy. He adds that half measures don't work when there's a crisis of confidence. The downfall of Silicon Valley Bank is also in focus this morning. Republican chairman of the House Financial Services Committee, Patrick McHenry, tells us his committee will look closely at what caused the bank to fail. 
One of the factors that we have to look into to understand are the, the core causes of inflation, uh, and then the Fed response to this. Mm-hmm. The rapid rate increases are as a direct result of inflationary pressures, and the Fed has enormous uh, stress and attention placed on them in a moment like this. But I know and I have confidence in their ability to make strong and right decisions. House Financial Services Committee Chair Patrick McHenry spoke with Joe Matthew on Bloomberg Sound On. Catch the program weekdays from 1 to 3 p.m. Eastern on Bloomberg Radio and hear that full interview on the Sound On podcast available on Apple, Spotify or anywhere else you get your podcasts. Well, now, Amy, the Fed has to contend with both high inflation and a shaky banking sector, and that could pose problems, according to former Federal Reserve economist Claudia Sam. There is a lesson about how going hard and fast created an environment that was fragile to stupid. It's not like the Fed caused this, what happened with Silicon Valley Bank, but they did set up a situation in which we were more prone to this kind of volatility with these big rate increases. And former Fed economist Claudia Sam thinks the central bank should probably pause at next week's meeting. And we're learning more details around the rescue of Silicon Valley Bank. Turns out the Fed reportedly blocked the mention of regulatory flaws in a statement on the rescue plan. The New York Times is saying that the White House wanted to spotlight shortcomings in financial regulation for the collapse of SVB. The paper says Fed Chair Jay Powell blocked that effort. Well, Charles Schwab is also in focus this morning, and we're getting word that clients pulled billions of dollars out of Schwab's prime funds this week. Bloomberg's Denise Pellegrini is tracking those developments. Schwab saw $8.8 billion in net outflows from its prime money market funds in just the first three days of this week. Two Schwab Value Advantage money funds saw the largest redemptions in at least six months. The funds with outflows held a concentration of CDs and commercial paper from other financial institutions. Schwab says the funds have liquidity levels above what's required, and it did see inflows into its government and treasury funds this week. Denise Pellegrini, Bloomberg Daybreak. Thank you, Denise. The banking turmoil continues in Europe as well as we track shares of Credit Suisse. Bloomberg News has learned that Credit Suisse and UBS are opposed to a forced combination. We get the very latest from Bloomberg's Oliver Crook in Zurich. Neither of these two banks apparently want to be forced into that situation. You ask about the sort of the logic for it for UBS. What does Credit Suisse bring UBS right now? UBS's focus right now is expanding in the U.S. They're not getting much from Credit Suisse as a takeover. They do not have huge um, operations there and the sorts of things that they want. There's a lot of client overlap as well. And then there's also this other part of it that UBS is said to not want, does not have the same risk appetite as Credit Suisse. So they may not want many of the wealth management clients that are a little bit riskier on the scale. Bloomberg's Oliver Crook says both banks see a takeover as a measure of last resort. And right now, shares of Credit Suisse are down three and a half percent. Well, Amy, we change gears just a little bit now. We have some news on the business of sports this morning. Michael Jordan has certainly banked plenty of dough during his career on and off the court. And now the Hall of Famer may rake in millions. Let's get the details live from Bloomberg's Dan Schwartzman. Dan. Good morning, Amy and Karen. ESPN is reporting that the Charlotte Hornets majority owner is looking to sell his controlling stake in the NBA franchise. The five-time MVP is in discussions with a group led by minority owner Gabe Plotkin, who's the founder of Melvin Capital Management. Jordan bought a controlling stake in the team back in 2010, but has had limited success as an owner with the Hornets making the playoffs just two times in 13 seasons. Forbes magazine valuing the franchise at $1.7 billion, which ranks 27th out of 30 teams. In New York, I'm Dan Schwartzman, Bloomberg Daybreak.
Thank you, Karen. 507 on Wall Street, 48 degrees in New York with increasing cloudiness today as we go up to 60 degrees. Time now for a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world. For that, we're joined by Bloomberg's John Tucker. Good morning, John. Good morning, Amy. Chinese President Xi Jinping is going to visit Russia next week. It's an apparent show of support for Vladimir Putin. The Chinese foreign ministry says the meeting is going to take place from Monday to Wednesday. China has declared a no-limits friendship with Russia and refused to condemn Moscow's invasion into Ukraine, even while declaring that the sovereignty and territorial integrity of all countries must be respected. Another three people have been charged in the death of a black man at a Virginia psychiatric hospital last week. Seven deputies have already been charged with second-degree murder in the death of 28-year-old Ivo Artino, who was taken into custody March 3rd while in mental health distress. A family member saw video of the Enrico County deputies holding him on the ground for about 12 minutes. Attorney Ben Crump is representing Artino's family. The weight of seven individuals on his body while he's face down, handcuffed, with leg irons. And you say, my God, why? It's believed Otino died from asphyxiation. New York Governor Kathy Hochul addressed mental health issues facing young people in the state, especially during the pandemic. The governor says she put mental health front and center in the budget. Never before has a state leaned this hard this publicly into the issue of helping people deal with mental health challenges. So I have said the era of ignoring mental health is over, declared it so, and we're going to lean hard into this. Well, the governor has called for a billion dollars to strengthen mental health care programs. New York City preparing for today's St. Patrick's Day Parade. It steps off at 11 o'clock on Fifth Avenue from 44th to 79th Streets. While people will be out celebrating, some bar and restaurant owners want to change the mindset about drinking during the holiday. A.B. Amons owns Hackett Cafe and Elixir Lounge in the East Village. Even people who drink, there are people who just don't leave the house because they don't want to deal with the barfing people on the subway. Raymond says Hackett is a sober bar and only serves non-alcoholic beverages. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts, more than 120 countries. I'm John Tucker. This is Bloomberg Amy. All right. Thank you, John. Time now for the Sports Report, brought to you by Tri-State Audi. For that, we bring in Bloomberg's John Stashauer. Thanks, Amy. If you needed a reminder of why they call it March Madness, Virginia is the only school that lost a first-round NCAA tournament game as a one seed. That was five years ago. Seeded fourth this year, playing Furman, a school that had not been in the tourney since 1980. Virginia had a 12-point lead, still led by two, and had the ball. Chest pass into Beekman. Bounces back to Clark. Ten seconds. He is double. Slapped at. Prayer pass. Pick On Westwood 1, NCAA Furman over Virginia, 68-67. And not the biggest surprise of the day because later Princeton down 10 with eight minutes left. Stormed back to knock off Arizona, 59-55. Third year in a row, a 15 seed has beaten a two. St. Peter's did it last year. Oral Roberts the year before. Three one seeds prevailed. Alabama, Kansas, and Houston. Easy wins for Duke. 
Texas, UCLA. Iona takes on UConn today at 4.30, and Fairleigh Dickinson meets Purdue tonight. At Barclays, Nets lost to much-improved Sacramento 101-96. Kings had the second-best record in the West. At the Garden, Rangers beat Pittsburgh 4-2. In Newark, Tampa Bay beat the Devils just as they did on Tuesday, this time 4-3. The Mets' worst fears were realized. That knee injury suffered by Edwin Diaz as Puerto Rico celebrated its World Baseball Classic victory. A torn Patel attended, and Diaz unlikely to pitch for the Mets at all in 2023. John Stashauer, Bloomberg Sports. Success is more than a destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's dedication. It's fortitude. And it's the work, passion, and grit inside of us that comes before all recognition. That's what Stiefel has been doing for over 130 years. And it's why Stiefel is one of the fastest-growing wealth management firms in the country. And Stiefel goes beyond traditional wealth management to offer you a full suite of banking services, direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises, and a leading middle market investment bank. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel has built a company and culture unlike any firm on Wall Street. Because success is the drive it takes to keep pushing. It's the passion to keep investing. It's the best of each of us, made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Find a financial advisor at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel, Nicholas & Company, Incorporated. Member SIPC and NYSE. You know, it can be hard to see the challenges that people we work with every day are going through. Invisible struggles like stress and burnout, caregiving for a loved one, or being misunderstood. But insight, awareness, and empathy will help us better see the issues they're dealing with. And that can make us and our companies healthier, too. I'm Holly Robinson-Pete. Join us on The Visibility Gap, a new podcast presented by Cigna Healthcare. Download it wherever you get your podcasts. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com, this is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good Friday morning. I'm Amy Morris. Eleven banks have chipped in to deposit $30 million into First Republic Bank, a move sparked by J.P. Morgan CEO Jamie Dimon and Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen. So we get details now from Bloomberg Shanali Basic. Shanali, good morning. Why did these larger banks agree to do this? How much arm twisting was there? Uh, there was actually not a lot of 
arm twisting per se. I mean, potentially a lot of the banks that were involved, of course, would have their hesitations at the beginning. But this is something that, you know, you think back to some of the most significant rescues uh, of some significant financial institutions, think back to the panic of 1907, or think even back to the rescue of long-term capital management, or at least the attempts to stave off the market. There have been times in history where executives and the government coordinated a rescue, if you will, to pump money into the system to support financial markets. Now, this is one bank being saved by the rest of the industry. What were to happen if more banks of scale get into more trouble? Is this something that can be tapped on again? Uh, remember, these are uninsured deposits that these banks are making to the tune of $30 billion, the largest financial institutions in the country. The smaller firms, PNC, BNY Mellon, Truist, U.S. Bancorp, State Street, are each making making a commitment of $1 billion, and the investment banks Goldman and Morgan Stanley are making a deposit of $2.5 billion. These are not in the form of equity or debt. Again, they're straight deposits. And like I was saying, these are uninsured deposits. So certainly a move that you have not seen much before. Right. Uh, it's a pretty unprecedented move here. It did support the market yesterday. You are seeing the shares of even First Republic really fluctuate post-market yesterday and before the market opened today. You made a point there that I don't think we should let just pass. One bank being saved by the rest of the industry. Why is that so special? So First Republic is an interesting one because, remember, it tends to have higher net worth individuals. These folks might have money in not just First Republic, but the other banks as well. So even the client base itself, you know, Morgan Stanley's own clients might be exposed to First Republic. They might have a loan from First Republic. J.P. Morgan had already been advising First Republic and had supported it with additional liquidity after the failure of Signature Bank. That was something that First Republic had come out to the market and say they tapped the Fed as well as J.P. Morgan at that point in time. So you, you have to remember the banking system is quite interconnected. And it's not that as you know fierce and as competitive the industry might be, there are reasons that everyone will come in and support each other at the very end. Because if you start seeing banks go south, that creates a lot of issues for the system itself. So then what is the risk here? Is there a greater risk for the larger banks? Is there more risk for other smaller banks? The smaller banks are the ones that people are very concerned about. And you see it in the trading of their stocks as well as their bonds. Again, you saw it with SVB and their Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank. That Think about it. There was no buyer when it came to Silicon Valley Bank at the end of the day. Not, not one that was able to make it through the process. One of the big issues in that process was not just the government's concerns. One of the big issues is by the time they had to look for a sale, a rescue sale, a fire sale, if you will, they had lost too many deposits. There was not as many reasons for the banks to come in and buy it. One way somebody had put it to me was, if we're not going to create the next J.P. Morgan Chase, what's the point? Because it's very difficult to get these bank mergers done. So uh, we were watching in real time how to save a bank. And you said yourself that this is a scenario that is quite unusual. I'm wondering if it would lead to a new plan of action, a new sort of model for how to bail out a bank. Well, like I was saying, we've seen some examples of this sort of in the past. Um, and the, the big thing here that 
for First Republic in particular, remember, this is still a prize asset. It's not like Silicon Valley Bank, where people would not want to buy it at all. Uh, mm, there's a potential yeah. that you could buy it on the cheap, frankly, for if you're a big banker right now and looking to expand your deposit base, you're looking to expand your lending, looking to expand your exposure to high net worth clients. So it's not that nobody would want it. It's that it's hard to buy it particularly because some of these big banks have deposit caps that prohibit them, and then the Fed would have to waive some rules to get it done. And guess what? The big get bigger. That's kind of the big uh, sense of this, whether it's through potential acquisitions in the future, mm. because the door is still open to an acquisition of First Republic, potentially in the future. But uh, what happens to the rest of them then is a big question. Shanali, we only got 30 seconds here. In this very volatile week, is this going to help settle things down? 30 seconds. Unclear. Even if it settled things down for this week, it doesn't keep the market out of the clear for the next couple weeks to months. You're listening to Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Amy Morris. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Do you love Elon Musk? Do you hate Elon Musk? Do you have no idea what to think about Elon Musk? Then we have just the show for you. He's become even more larger than life. Buying Twitter doesn't get us closer to Mars. They are like really close to the edge of like everything falling apart. Like, oh, Elon, I volunteer, put a chip in my brain. Each week on this podcast, we'll break down, analyze, and debate the most important stories on Musk and his empire. It's all one big universe. You just work for Elon Inc. From Bloomberg Businessweek, this is Elon Inc. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.